You are listening to the Christian Worship Center podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Sin became sin so that I might become 
He traded with me for my sin, and I got his righteousness. What a trade. Is there anybody else in the house that would trade, do, do, do that kind of trade? No, there's not. So, this first candle on the stick represents Passover. It also represents the first church of the book of Revelation, Ephesus. We're going to find out why. I think. Yeah, God, you might have to do it for me. <laughs> but but let's, let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter number 2, I believe it is. And I do not have that because I was dependent on this thing. My goodness. That's what I get for, for, for trying to make sure that I'm there. It is. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of that, who is that? Who's the angel? We covered that last time. It's the pastor. The angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. Who is that? Jesus. He that holdeth the seven stars. Who is the seven stars? That's the seven churches. Seven stars in his right hand, who were the seven pastors actually, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, which is the church. That is the seven churches. So, we find here in Revelation chapter 2, he's covering the basics. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. I've got every one of these preachers in my hand. I've got every one of these churches, and I'm in the middle of them. I'm standing in the middle. I want you to know something. He's telling Ephesus, you got to know who I am. I'm holding your preacher, and I'm in the middle of you. There's nothing, no way you can stop me, no way you can move me over. Nothing you can do to hinder what I got, what I'm about to do, because I am the one that holds the seven stars.
You with me? But, and you are born and have patience for my name's sake and have labor and it's not fainting. Man, you are, you are sticking it out. You are not fainting yet. You're still going. You're still doing. You're still working. You, but he said, nevertheless, I have some what against you. Because thou hast left your Passover, your first love. Because he was at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart. He rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day at the cross. And repent and go back to Passover. First works over. Go back to the cross. Go, I don't care how much you know. I don't care how much you work. I don't care how much you have patience. I don't care how much you know who's right and who's wrong. Sometimes you got to go back to the cross. He said, do your first works or else I will come to thee quickly and will remove your candlestick out of its place, except thou report. I will remove your usefulness. You will no more help light my candle. You will no more be a light in my community. You will no more shine because but this thou hast. You have this. I appreciate this. Is what he's saying. You hate the day deeds of the Nicolaitans. Nico means lordship. Laodice means laity. This is called lordship over the laity. And Jesus hates it. Come on, you got a pastor that lordships over the laity? He hates it. And it's pretty bad when you make the lover of your soul hate you. Oh, come on. I'm preaching better than shouting. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? He said, he that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him that overcometh. That's that person in that church that wants it bad enough that they're willing to go back to the cross and kneel down before Passover Lamb and say, take away my mess, take away my sin, to him that overcometh will Instead of worrying about going back to Calvary and understanding that Jesus will give us peace. 
to the first. Come on, return back to Passover. Go back to the first feast. Come on, you got to go back to where it started. Candle number two is the feast of unleavened bread. I will let you understand that where the feast of unleavened bread happened. It happened in the grave. Mm. Because there is where he proved he was the he was the unleavened, the bread without sin. Ooh, he was laid in in a borrowed tomb where sin ought to stay. But the Lamb got up, and sin's still there. Oh, hallelujah. His tomb isn't empty. It's full of my sin. Because he dropped it out of it. Somebody ought to pray. Praise him right now. Because unleavened bread couldn't have happened except there was a tree. And it couldn't have happened except it happened on Passover. And that, that first church, the church of Ephesus, is a representation of the feast of Passover. It's a pile of ropes. You know why? Because they didn't return. And you'll be a pile of ropes too if you don't return. Ephesus was the place where, if you'll do your study, Ephesus was the place that decided, had a meeting. The Ephesus bunch had a meeting and decided that Mary was to be turned the mother of God. And that she was to be worshipped as a deity. Ephesus is the place, and Paul warned of it, and John did too. Paul warned of it when he went to Melita, and he met the elders of the church of Ephesus in the book of Acts. And he said, after I'm gone, grievous wolves are going to rise up in you, and they're going to take over, and they're going to mess up your church. Oh, you better do something about it now. John spent the whole chapter of 1 John. Writing to the book of uh, to the church at Ephesus, uh, if any man love the world, uh, the love of the Father is not in him. It, it, mm, hallelujah! It, he goes into great detail and talks to the body of Christ uh, at Ephesus. I got that. So do you understand? All right, we're going we're going to the next. Under these things, under the angel of the church of Smyrna, right? These things. See, it's the first and the last. It might interest you to know that Smyrna, the word Smyrna means myrrh in the Hebrew. And what myrrh is, is an embalming fluid. Come on. It kind of makes sense to compare the second church to the second Feast of Unleavened Bread. Because you understand sin has got to die. Mm. Sin has to die. The flesh has to die. Smyrna is called the persecuted church. 
the apostolic church, but Smyrna is the persecuted church. It might not be a crazy thing for you to know that today in Turkey, Smyrna is there, and it is still one of the most persecuted places on the planet. Come on, in the 21st century, it's still one of the most persecuted places for Christians. Because Jesus promised them, these things I write, saying, here's what he wants them to know about it. I'm the first and the last. Ooh, I am that which was dead. But I am alive. You're going to get to use. You're going to get to live. You might be dying today, but I'm here to tell you, first fruit is coming. Hallelujah. I know thy works and thy tribulation and your poverty. But, in parentheses, when the master says, but you are rich. Come on. This is the bunch that's in that day that John was writing this. Caesar was demanding that everybody brings incense and come and throw it in the fire. Even if you were a Christian, you could get a little food to eat if you just bring incense to Caesar and you didn't have to say anything. All you had to do was pass by and just throw it and you at least got to eat. And a lot of the Christians Going to, we're coming into a time when we're 
going to have to take up a stand and say, I will not bow. Come on, I don't know if I've got the guts to do that right now. Come on. Watching my family do without, saying, no, not going to bow. No, not going to do it. But I want to be. This is why I felt it necessary that we go through this. Because in 2022, we're facing some unreal things. That the enemy is doing some crazy things. Right now, he's throwing up smoke screens to let it look like one. But it's really another. So let me tell you something. What's going to happen to the synagogue of Satan? They're going to be destroyed. But only those that dwell in the presence of the Lord. Because he said, for none of these things which thou shalt suffer, behold, the devil shall cast some of you in prison, that you may be tried. And you shall have tribulation ten days. But be thou faithful until death. So you don't want to make him mad, right? But he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Come on, the Spirit is saying, <laughs> I want you to know, Smart, the second death ain't going to touch you. You've already died the first one. So when I die the first time, guess what? That'll be the end of death for me. Because we all know where the second death leads as the lake of fire. Because he's going to pick up death, hell, and the grave and toss them into the lake of fire. I don't want to be a yeast that this is the second death. The book of Revelation. Come on, I don't want to be a part of that one. Let me die the first time. Amen? Still won't be the first one that. <laughs> All right. Now we're to the third church. How much time do I got? I got five minutes. I got to hurry. It might interest you to know that per means perverted. Jamas means marriage. This church is the church of Jesus Christ that is married to the world. It's the church that has paganism. It is a paganistic church. It is the church that has mixed.
good candidate. Lord Constantine did it. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't blind to what he was doing. The devil was totally controlling But this is the feast of first fruits. Mm. It's supposed to be wise. And to the angel of the church of Pergamos, write these things, saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to strip the mess out of the church with his word. The Bible says it's in his word and healing. Come on, you can't have healing until you get hurt. Do I know thy works where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is? I know where Satan sits in the house. Pergamus was known as the pharmaceutical capital of the Asia Minor. They served the god Asclepius, which is the snake on the pole. They used this serpent on the pole. This god gave them their power for healing. Now it makes sense, doesn't it? And thou holdest fast my name. This is, he's talking to this church. You have not denied my faith. Even in those days where in Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwells. Satan lived in your community, but this church was not, not anywhere near Satanic power. Come on. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. How many knows who Balaam was? Balaam is a number. Give us a number. He is the guy who Balaam paid. To come down to Israel and look at them. And how many knows when he stood up on the mountain, he looked down at Israel the way that their their camp was set up. What did he see? I remember that was in the tabernacle study. Anybody in here was in the tabernacle? He saw the cross. Because the camp of Israel was set in the shape. Because the temple or tabernacle is in the center. The tabernacle is a picture inside the place of the cross. So they fitted around there. And you know what he said when he looked there? He said, I can't curse that. Hallelujah! 
But he said, have someone against you because you got some Balaam's, some doctrine of Balaam that is, and you know, how many remembers that Balaam was the guy that stood up in the middle and said, there shall arise out of Jacob a morning star. The more accurate prophecy of Jesus Christ in Numbers. So, so he is a prophet. His word is right on. So we can't take just because because over in Jude, Jude calls him a false prophet. First Peter also called him a false prophet. His word wasn't false, so what was false about it? His character. Because his credibility was false. Because he preached in Rome. Come on, that's a doctrine of Balaam. Does the church have dogs with it? Yeah. You can send me 20 bucks and I'll give you a word. Send me 150 bucks and I'll send you this diamond that's got been blessed and whatever. Holidays, yeah. Doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balaam to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. What does this mean? If you go and read in the book of Numbers, you will find that this guy by the name of Balaam told Balaam, I can't curse them. They're too blessed to be cursed. They are children of first fruits. They give their tithes. They understand first fruits. I can't curse first fruits. I can't even curse this church because... It's first fruits. But let me give you the doctrine of Balaam and you'll curse yourself. Because Balaam taught Balak to cast a stumbling block. He said, I can't, I can't curse them, but I'll tell you how to get them cursed. I want to tell you to bring all your young ladies out there and let them dance before their gods. And their gods will go nuts. And they will come get your women. And they'll marry them, make them their wives, and then you don't have to worry about cursing them God will. Is this not what's happening in the church? They're teaching our children how to get cursed. No, they can't mess with the Holy Ghost little child, but they can hand them a drug. They can get them hooked on porn. Come on, y'all. I'm, I'm just telling the pioneers. They can get you hooked on a marriage that is outside the will of God. And the girl's trying to make the man happy. And so she gets out of church to make him happy and winds up with a lost husband and she's lost as well. You understand what I'm saying? It's the lie of the failure. It's the doctrine of faith. I don't want to be offensive, so I'm just going to do this. 
I'll do this. And all of a sudden, you're playing with the cup. But Jesus said, so thou also hast them that hold the doctrine of the Lordship over the lady, which I hate. He said this twice to two churches. I hate that doctrine. I hate them putting themselves up above their congregation. They're setting themselves on a pedestal and having to have the best car. Well, they got people in their church can't even drive them. Repent or else. I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. What is that? His word. And he will use the word that has been blessing you at first fruits to curse you. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh. Come on, y'all like that? Him that's not touched by the doctrine of Balaam. Him that's not touched with, with the, 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 the craziness of, the, of this backward medical practice is what he's saying. This practice that offers gods more glory than they do to God himself. He said to him that overcometh all this, I'll give to eat of the hidden man. In the Old Testament, he said, I'll open up windows in heaven. First verse. Hallelujah. And pour him out a blessing that he ain't big enough. He don't have room enough. He don't have a place to receive. What? To him that overcometh, will I give a white stone? What does a white stone represent? A white stone represented a place of no condemnation. If somebody was given a charge and said to you, you, you can't be free, you're, you're a slave, you've got to go, you've got to stay in this spot. But if the government ever gave them a white stone, guess what? It right wiped away their own identity. It wiped away their mess. That's what first fruits did for you. When Jesus got up and walked out of that tomb, he said, sin didn't hold me down, sin can't hold you. So from 
when you introduce yourself, you're not introducing yourself as who you are. You're introducing yourself as who God made you to be. Come on, you ought to, you ought to climb on that right because your authority is in your white stone. How many is glad of the white stone? Come on. In the, in the tabernacle in the Old Testament, the priests had two stones in his breast. They would call them Yom and the Thumb. Right? And he's making a judgment. He knew which one, by knowing which one lit up of what the judgment was to make. You've been given your own Miriam stone. It's the power of the Holy Spirit represented by first fruits. Hallelujah. I got, I got the power. I got all of heaven had. I've risen to be first fruits. And now I'm giving the power to you. To everyone, he gave power to become the sons. A son is not just a friend. A son is an heir. And Jesus said, you're not just an heir, but you're your heir. Come on, you get everything he gets. Come on, join us. Just don't get what's left over. Join us. Get what the heir has. So what Jesus has, you have. Because of first fruits. Huh? Come on, that good? All right, we're done. For tonight. <laughs> we'll pick it up next week, hopefully. We'll start at Thyatira, which is the middle candle. I mean, knows what? That is the Shema, the servant candle. This is the Feast of Holy Spirit, or Feast of Pentecost. It is also Thyatira. We will see that the Thyatira church wanted power over the nations. That's what the Jezebel spirit wants. But she don't go through the Holy Spirit to get it. So, do you understand why the attire is so important? Because you must have Holy Spirit to be over the nations. Come on, he said the nations shall arise from the arise only if you go through the sun. Oh. Only if you go through the sun. So this week, I want you to concentrate on that because I have a feeling that you're not going to get lost. Because when we come in here and we start uncovering Jezebel and her nets, and we start trying to figure out how we do have power over the nations, and we didn't get it illegitimately, there's about to be something happening still well up the home. Amen? So I want you to stand tonight, and I want you to just, just bless the Lord over what we, what, what we shared tonight, what we, what we found out. And isn't it, isn't it awesome to know that His feast represents so much? This is why the enemy tries to steal it from the church, tried to black it out where nobody finds out what could happen.
And we got the power. We got the power. Church, I mean, nobody believes tonight you have the power. So I want us, as we dismiss tonight, I want you in your own way to reach out and say, God, I want the Holy Spirit to flow over me this week. I want the Shamash to come and light my fire, light my candle, light me up. Hallelujah. Light me up, Holy Ghost. Light me up, Lord. Light me up in this dark world. Hallelujah. It's the light of it all. Hallelujah. Lord, we believe you. We trust you. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.